What a fascinating yet challenging time to be a leader. And in this Leading by Nature series, I interview pioneering leaders from diverse organizations, exploring future fit leadership and organizational development. I'm Giles Hutchins, executive coach, senior advisor and author of many books, the latest being Leading by Nature, which explores the inner nature and outer nature of the organization and the inner and outer nature of the leader as they journey toward regenerative futures. Welcome to the Leading by Nature podcast with myself, Giles Hutchins, and my guest today, Laura Storm, founder of Regenerators, and also my wonderful co-author on the landmark book, Regenerative Leadership. Thank you so much, Laura, for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about our sharing. Yeah, well, we're going to dive in as always, Laura, and um, it would be great if you could just sort of kick us off by sharing a bit about your reason for being, your your passion and your purpose. Wow, that's a big opening question. Thank you for that. My reason for being. <laughs> well, as a mother, I am, one of my reasons for being is making sure I'm a good mother for them. But in the bigger kind of scheme of things, I think I've always seen myself as um, I've been I've I've been very consumed with the state of the world since I was very small, as you know, and and started fairly early raising funds to buy up pieces of of the Amazon, really kind of organizing kits and children's campaign, etc. So I've always been very concerned with the state of the world and wanted to contribute to that. Um, today I see myself um, as a wayfinder, a way shower, um, as a space where the Imaginal cells of our society can come together and hopefully be inspired and um, and dive into what it means to contribute to a regenerative way of being and leading. I like this idea, this wayfinding. It reminds me of the, uh, I used to sail. Um, I don't get much time to do it anymore, but there used to be a boat called the Wayfarer. And I quite like that, 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 that idea of sort of uh, um, traversing through life and helping others on the path. Yeah, so that's lovely. I mean, you are very, a very passionate um, uh, uh, lady about what you do, and and there's so much to share about that. Really, we've just touched on the the tip of the iceberg of your reason for being there, Laura. But thank you for getting us started. Um, what do you see? You're out there on this world context, really, in many ways. Conferences, contributing to courses, running courses, engaging with you know, uh, hundreds of people every week. What are you seeing unfolding around a kind of leadership consciousness? Are you noticing a shift at all? And, and what might that look like? I'm noticing a big shift um, from when you and I started to work together around seven years ago and until now, it's like, it's massive. And I'm sure you see the same, but especially the past year, year and a half, maybe two years um, began doing the doing the pandemic. But there's like an openness, there's a ripeness, there's a there's a deep, deep collective longing for contributing to life, aligning with life, being a steward of life. So so when people like you and I speak to that, there's such a deep resonance. Um, so I'm excited about the world we live in now. I'm excited because um, I have navigated grief my entire life because if you pay attention to the state of the world right now, it's hard not to be grieving. Um, but I think my grief has changed 
a lot the past couple of years because I see so many people stepping up, stepping into their essence and, and are starting to with, with courage um, from the heart test and try and experiment new ways that is actually aligning with life. So it's a time of, as you and I also write about in the book, it's a time of breakdown and breakthroughs, but I think the breakthroughs are getting increasingly bigger. The intensity in general is getting is getting big, bigger. And for sure, there's a lot to feel sad about um, when we look around in the world right now, but there's also a lot to be excited about. And that's where um, we're trying to focus not shying away from the grief because grief is a is is part of life darkness is part of life um but it's um it's for sure an exciting time that we live in right now i love this idea of 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 transmuting grief into courage uh, and hope is coming up for me as well the importance of hope i i i been um, working with um, a CFO in an organization and he said to me once when we were in the woods you know I don't do hope hope's not a business strategy and I had to challenge him on that mm-hmm. but, but actually hope is vital um, to what it's all about and what, what a business is all about let alone what humanity is all about I mean we've had this this wonderful kind of alchemy ever since I remember very clearly the first moment we've met and I have to say I can happily remember all of the moments that we've had together there's kind of, <laughs> sort of like a multitude of memories moments if I think about it uh, anything that you'd share about our own way of working together our, our alchemy yeah I think it was very beautiful the way that we were brought together um and in many ways the sharing we have now is coming full circle the first time that we had a proper conversation was actually when I interviewed you for my podcast cracks of light that was kind of like trying to figure out what is this new emerging leadership paradigm that was seven years ago? And um, but we met prior to that. We met because we were both um, invited into a meeting, a gathering of pilgrim cities, and um, and we were we were both invited in. I I remember I gave a, a talk around the importance of inner sustainability that we can't make the mistake of of the past of only focusing on outer sustainability. And you came up to me, you gave me your card, um, didn't think much of it. We didn't have a time for conversation then, but then your business card fell out of my pocket a, a couple of months after I looked at it and was like, so it, it just drew me immediately and I had to go look you up. And I was just like, wow, this man has <laughs> has done exactly all of the things that are bubbling in my head um, because I met you um at, at the very beginning of me coming out of a long cave so for those that don't know I had a, a minor traumatic brain injury and the meeting that I went to and met you was actually the first meeting I attended after that uh, two-year-long cave period and um and navigating a lot of inner darkness but also coming back to my essence and coming back to a lot of epiphanies that I had 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 in my early 20s when I lived uh, in the Ecuadorian part of the Amazon Um, working alongside shamans, being taught by them around living systems, being the the interconnectedness of life, etc. And and back then, I went uh, back and studied business because I wanted to bring this into the business world, but I kind of lost my way and then had 15 years focusing on climate change policy and sustainability, etc. But then I met you 
and you had written The Nature of Business, The Illusion of Separation, Future Fit. I looked you up on the website and was just like, this man has done exactly what I what I have in my head and what I what I have been trying to articulate to other people. So it was very kind of, it was a, a mind-blowing moment and I reached out to you. We had our sharing in, in my podcast. And that began really a, um, a long and fruitful partnership. Um, and I think the alchemy we have between us, it was, it was, there was something kind of miracle-like to how we were brought together. It was like we, you and I had to meet. Um, we had to find each other. Um, I see you as a brother and a, and, a, and a kindred spirit, and we just had to meet. And, and that meeting opened up, um, I think, a year and a half of intense traveling the world, um, leadership retreats that we facilitated together, immersions, workshops. We were um, designing our frameworks and testing them out in the real world. And um, one of the fond memories is that uh, leadership retreat we went to for systems thinkers with uh, Peter Senge, Ray Sisodia, David Cooperwriter. Um, was was one of the very special moments that we that we spent together, um, and then we went into that kind of deep process of writing the book, which has another kind of miracle to it because it we we shook hands on it and agreed that this this is the, our main priority right now. In the same week that um, that I conceived my son, so it was a very kind of period of of a lot of pregnancies it was a pregnant tension of of potential in many ways and then um the book came out the same month that I gave birth to my son Carlo but also the same month that you took over Springwood and really started um this powerful chapter of yours where you um hold space for so many leaders going through profound transformation processes at that sacred land so there's something that, i mean it's it's one of those period of my life that i will never forget and it was such a beautiful alchemy that you and i had together um for many people many people find it difficult to write books together but it was we were in flow we were being guided by something bigger than us something was allowed an energy was being allowed to come through the both of us and it was like it needed both of our energies in it and maybe that sounds really really weird but that's that's how I felt about the whole process and um, have so much love for that process for for our relationship, for us coming together and for the energy that is represented in the book that is now weaving its its little magic all over the world. It's yeah. in the seventh language, um, which is really amazing. Yeah, it's been translated, as you, as you say, in all sorts of different places. And Japan is the next, I think. It just come out in Germany and Denmark and Brazil. And, you know, it's so it's really um, doing its business. And thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it's really been a special uh, alchemy and the the special moments continue um our book regenerative leadership um we, we used to sometimes refer to it as our our baby you know out there in the world um on its own journey um what have you noticed again through all these conferences and keynotes and courses what are people actually enjoying most or finding most useful about the book i think um we bravely offer a framework and the reason I say brave really is that um, some in the regenerative space mean that we need to kind of maybe shy away from frameworks but we don't offer it in a, in a rigid way we offer it as a as a template for experimentation as as a way of weaving in and weaving together everything from your inner essence abundance silence 
cyclical approaches to to work life and life in general to with with biomimicry circular economy self-organizing ways it's it's all the key dna strands of a regenerative paradigm that we weave together in in our dna framework that many people find so helpful because it can be very daunting and overwhelming to embark on a regenerative journey where do i start um, what does it mean like? What does, what does it look like? And many people have found the DNA framework to be incredibly helpful because it offers them this overview and we give them kind of, in a way, peace of mind that it, you don't eat everything in one bite. You, you figure out where what is your right next step? Where do you need to embark on next? What do you need to focus on? Um, put one foot in front of the other is so incredibly important in times of today because it's easy to feel overwhelmed and then just completely reject it. Um, so it's the DNA framework, framework that many people love and use, and many people have replaced, used that to replace uh, Q1, Q2 targets, et cetera. Um, but I also think it's important that we have the whole part one that is diving into the story of separation, the root cause of our, of our current friction disconnection, et cetera. It's important for people to have that background understanding of why are we where we are today. And 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 there's a lot of people that have written to, to both of us saying that it's been like an epiphany. And it's easier to contribute to weaving new ways when we also consciously know what we need to steer away from. And when are those story of separation patterns showing up in our behaviors? So it's helping people offer a mirror, but also an understanding of what we have been through um, as, a, as a species, as a, as, a, as a collective. What have we been through? What's part of our history that we need to be mindful of not repeating? Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that, 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 that sets it out. And for many people, that helps them see the patterning process that needs to change. And therefore, they kind of get it and they feel it. So you're, but it's interesting, you know, you talked about sort of part two, where we really unpack pack the model and go into the detail and provide the cases. And then you talked about the importance of, of, of part one. Uh, it's interesting because, of course, I've also had many people telling me about how part three, where all the, the cases and the practical tools and the, and the methods are what really differentiate the book because it makes it practical, you know. So it's, uh, I think we're both saying, because we're yeah. authors of the book, but actually... All three know. parts are just so <laughs> profound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's 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 um, amazing how the book is doing its, its bit. Um, uh, you as a leader over these last years maybe since you know coming out of that that cave experience um this last sort of seven years of your life how have you felt your own journey as a leader evolve and transform oh thank you for that rich question uh, i think it hasn't transformed in so many ways i think the cave helped me bring me back to my essence um it helped see new ways forward that felt true to my soul that weren't just this kind of hectic, um, eager attempt to scale more sustainable technologies, uh, have more political frameworks. It was um, it was such a needed uh, time for me to come into Essence and work from there. And I think part of that is actually, as, as we talked about in the beginning, how can we transmute darkness into light without being afraid of the darkness? How can we be these alchemists of transformation that is navigating polarities in an easeful way um, without being afraid of the dark of the winter? 
um, of the shadows. There's, I mean, all of the, having that rich alchemy of polarities, that is what is needed for our creative cauldrons to, to really weave magic and, and bring about through potent change in the world today. Um, so I think I have, be, I have become more a space holder of emergence than a leader who felt she had to have all the answers. And, um, and I think that powerful space of, 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 of leaning into true emergence, where we are allowing the field to become what it needs to be without telling the field what it needs to be, if that makes sense. Um, so that's what I do on my on my journeys. Um, holding space for for emergence will probably be the key thing. And also, if I was to give anyone advice, I mean, practicing how to hold space for emergence, letting go of control, letting go of um, of, of all that we have been told. Both you and I have studied business um, back in the days. And for sure, we were not taught how to hold space for emergence. We were told how to control things, optimize things, needing to have all the answers. So that's a massive thing for, 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 for leaders to actually let go of that part of their, their personality um, and, and surrender into um, a wiser field of knowing. It's interesting that you, you mentioned surrendering. And it's so important because, of course, it can be felt... Um, sometimes it can be felt a bit when we're too much in the achiever, like, oh, well, you know, I haven't got time for that. You know, we, there's so much to do and there's so much we need to solve and so forth. But things get tight, things get pushed, things get hurried. And this energy, the shift that you're talking about in your leadership style of, of holding space and not feeling that one needs to sort of know all the answers, what comes with that is an ability to open more to life and therefore actually be more open to the answers um, rather than to sort of get caught in our own narrowness I mean do you feel that sometimes that because there's a lot to do there's an immense amount you know we can get burnt out but actually that shift that you're talking about allows us to in many ways hold more because we're not having to try and solve it we're in it yes exactly and life becomes more fun from that space of operating and from, from that space of dancing rather um, it has to come with a with a, a big amount of trust, right? A big amount of trust in yourself, but also in your employees of those that you're collaborating with. Um, am I trusting the field? Am I trusting them uh, to be in their essence as well, right? Um, which is, um, I mean, it's such an important capacity in the times that we're having right now. And also the, the space that you hold with such potency and and such care in the woods of Springwood is exactly that. How can how can I let go? How can I how, how can I trustfully lean in, lean into surrendering? Because that is what our times calls for more than ever is that we allow this greater living systems field of wisdom to work its magic through us instead of believing we need to figure out everything in our minds. And that's why it's so incredibly important, um, the work that you do. Um, and you work, you work with in such a sacred way, um, in a collaborative way with the living systems field. You allow na nature to work through you and with you in how you hold space for, um, for executives all over the world that are, that are coming um, to embody this shift, which is another really important thing because we can... We can hear people talk about holding space for emergence and it may resonate a lot with us, but it comes in the embodiment of it. 
do you actually em- embody that surrendering and how you show up with life and actually feeling it once you feel it of course it's easy then for the well, it's easier for the left hemisphere for the ego to go oh, okay 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 kind of kind of get this now because i can actually feel it now in the last part of of my latest book leading by nature i talk about you know these tips of sensitivity surrender uh, and stillness and how they help create that embodied experience it's always very difficult to write about these things um you very kindly wrote a foreword um in my uh, latest book i mean anything you wish to share about um that offering that 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 you shared i think what you did with um with your latest book is in in many ways i see it as a part two to our book um and and so many leaders have praised it because it's um it it felt like yes this is the next step i'm ready for it um you offer you offer your unique wisdom you offer that um voice of the forest um in a way and i think the in the forward i just i think i include a funny little story of that retreat we went to with peter senke and um Ray Sisodia and david cooper writer and i think 15 other systems thinkers and change makers around the world and um we were all told to offer a, a bio um to so that we can kind of get our heads around the energies of these people and we were asked to not send our usual bio um and i think you were the only one who were actually being a good student and allowed your heart to write beautiful words about your your mission in life um which i think says um, a lot about you about letting Sophia, the energy of Sophia worked through you. I think it said something uh, along those lines. But I think the your latest book is um is a beautiful in in many ways a, a sister to our shared baby. <laughs> um and and it's it's working its way magically in the world by I I've had many leaders say that they have they have tears in their eyes when they read their your book because it's um it's offering that friendly hand on the journey of surrendering who is there to lean into um i've even heard a lot of pe- people refer to you as a as a father figure in many ways um on this journey how can you be um a friend that they can lean on without maybe knowing you but they can lean on on the wisdom that you have and i think it's important also in this regard to, to say that I'm, that a lot of executives really trust you because you've be, before you started your journey of coming um into essence um it's been over 10 years since you wrote your first book the nature of business but you have experience from the corporate world you know what it's like to be in the machine and i think many especially executives many from the corporate world need that they 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 can surrender when they are with someone who understands what they are navigating and i think that's very powerful mm. well, we're both in 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 many ways and interweaving bridge makers really bridge builders you know uh, that helping people across um 
into a sort of unknown land and that requires trust in ourselves and also the people we're walking with look there's so much and there's so many different directions i could take this conversation um and thank you laura for everything you are in the world um you are a really special being and it was it has been a very special moment in my life uh, meeting you and our weaving together and it, i'm so glad that we decided to actually put some put the, some of the stuff down in a book otherwise it could have you know it, that helped sort of capture some of the um uh sort of freeze some of the the song lines that we were working on and uh um so thank you for that finally little tip any little tip or two that you on your own journey um may feel is helpful to share with others on this journey mm, good question what comes up for everyone i think when they embark on on a regenerative journey is often is often fear right i, I think you see that as well a lot of fear it can be all kinds of fears um so a great helper in in taking the next step is um is a practice of coming into essence and and operating from there and let go of so all of the kind of chaotic noise all of the programs and societies that are so deeply instilled with us how can you take the next step in a way that is life affirming in a way that is creating conditions conducive for life but also in a way that is rooted in love um love for yourself love for this world love for all beings on this planet and 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 tap into the courage from that we can call it the living systems field as we do in the book but allow yourself to invite in something that is bigger than you and let that work its magic through you and you enter that space um, when you prioritize time in stillness time in nature so that would be my tip surrender for love thank you laura so much for being with me today thank you so much for all the work that you do to bring about this transformation deeply grateful for more on Leading by Nature, you can follow me, Giles Hutchins, on LinkedIn and visit gileshutchins.com for free downloads of tools and practices for regenerative leadership and future fit business. Also, watch out for my latest book, Leading by Nature, The Process of Becoming a Regenerative Leader.